problem is putting the whole internet in means that it's got the whole internet in it. <laughs> yeah, which um, is a horrendous place, as yeah. we know. Hello and welcome to Offscript. Today we're talking about GPT-3 and the future of AI. So, Rio, what is GPT-3? GPT-3 is an AI model and all it does is very simply predict the next word. So it doesn't know that it's writing a poem or a list or whatever yeah. you've asked it to do. You may have seen it on the internet floating about, but you, you go onto openai.com, you sign up and type a bit of text and it will, it'll try and respond. And is this a completely open API? You can just use it. Any, anyone can freely use it. Is it like a beta list or? Um, you can sign up. It costs money because the model is massive and uses lots of. Right. Uh, GPU power to crunch all the stuff. So, yeah, it's it's pay per use. So every request is measured in tokens. A token is generally one token is one standard English word. Right. And then a misspelling or a complex word or a brand name would be multiple tokens. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it kind of works like that. You can you can poke it through curl or through whatever whatever tooling that you want but yeah it's a very exciting bit of tech it's probably the most exciting ai model that anyone's ever seen um yeah the obviously a lot, a lot of people are getting excited by dali 2 which is by the same company mm -hmm. it's a foundation that was originally set up by elon musk and a few others he put some cash in and then and didn't and then <laughs> and then microsoft put a couple of bill in yeah but yeah it's it's honestly amazing. Well, there's not many things to thank Elon for at the moment um, <laughs> with everything that's going yeah, on with he's it. just destroying Twitter at the minute. As he's slowly uh, just decapitating Twitter. I give um, it till Christmas, till something really bad happens. I don't <laughs> even give it that long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, it's good to see how it's kind of grown into to what it is now. Um, it's a hugely exciting um, technology and I guess the the possibilities aren't endless but they're they're pretty open aren't they yeah so the, I think they've got all the greatest minds on it through a strong code of ethics mm. and it's set up as an open foundation where it's not it's not wasn't for profit initially yeah although they are sort of leaning towards more profit generating things now but it's still got a bit of a foundation feel to it um, I guess the um the sustainability is quite important because of you know to keep evolving this sort of technology uh, and we'll get on to kind of future versions of it later on in, in the podcast but yeah i think the sustainability of it is important isn't it yeah and yeah it needs to keep going and they need to keep feeding more cash into train the next versions of the model which is very expensive yeah like you wouldn't make this general um, natural language processing model just for your own use because mm. the amount of training data you'd have to throw at it mm you wouldn't get the value, but they can obviously have hundreds of thousands of clients using it, customers to, yeah, do some pretty interesting things. So I've seen it. You may have seen loads of adverts for like Jasper and like blog writing services and mm. stuff. Questionable use, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it does actually really help things like idea generation. So mm. if you want to come up with product names, slogans, um, I've used it for recipe ideas, seen people use that, do that yeah. on the internet. 
But yeah, it's quite interesting. And all it does is it's taken in the entire internet, basically. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just trying to guess what the next word is based on what it knows from what it's read before. Um, simply consume the internet. Is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just insert an internet. And then, <laughs> um, um, which is, yeah, which means you do get some questionable stuff out of it, but the way that you write the prompt really affects what you get out of it. So I think that's something with, for those that have played with Dali, definitely the, the, the power of the prompt really does dictate the results that you get from this sort of stuff. So good prompt writing, you start to learn how you need to, to write the prompts, right? That's it, yeah. And people are writing books on good prompt writing and I think it'll be a job title next year, mm. like more and more places. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's putting a good prompt in at the moment if you sort of copy the way that a, a good sentence is written or like if you use like legalese or whatever it will copy and mimic that so right. it'll it'll go to that place so if you ask it in a very casual way you'll end up with sort of forum blog post style result whereas yeah. if you if you put in like the, the title of a white paper it mm. will try and come up with some plausible contents <laughs> of that white paper in the way that they would normally write them, which is terrifying. And I guess that's also why it's interesting for things like blog post writing, because you could very easily and quickly plagiarize as well as write things that are surrounding that content. Yeah, you could give it, yeah, because it, it's read everything, it will it will know about stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's read everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can't, yeah, copyright isn't the idea, it's just the order of the words. So. Yeah, it doesn't actually contain any copyrighted material. It just knows the so it just knows the links between the words. Mm. It doesn't reproduce copyright material, but it does it does appear to understand it. It doesn't actually understand it. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> the important distinction. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know the um, the idea generation is a really interesting one. So it's, it's this um, you know this generation's kind of logo generator. You know, remember we used to have yeah, those yeah. hipster logo generators yeah. um, or still have them actually. So the, the future of that is really just <laughs> getting something to write your names and your your business idea for you. Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing about the idea generation stuff is that it'll churn out lots of things, but as a human reading through it, you'll go, ah, that one's interesting, that's mm. interesting. It doesn't know which ones are crap and which ones are good, mm. but you do. Yeah. And you can quickly sort of sort through it and mm. put some more ideas into it and use that to generate more of a list. So if you you could start it off on a list and then you do five dot space, leave it blank, and it'll complete it mm. in the same style. Um, but yeah, for things like that, it's, it's really, really good. Um, Which is why, was it GPT-3 uh, that was used in um, Copilot, GitHub Copilot? GitHub Copilot, yeah, which I've been using today, actually. Yeah, any good? Yeah, good. I've nice. been writing some Java and some Swift to bridge oh, some nice. SDK stuff. Nice. And I don't want to look up the syntax for some <laughs> yeah. of the API stuff. And I don't have to. You just write the comment and then it'll write it. <laughs> it'll fill in the correct variable names and then you run it and it runs. Which is amazing, right? Because, you know, a lot of the time as well in, in, in some um, applications, you have you have duplication um, or you have a, a pattern of things that you need to kind of write out. And, and for the fact that it can just kind of interpret how it needs to do that, um, it's terrifying for our, our actual jobs, but uh, yeah. also Oh, no, fantastic. it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, if you use it too much will you ever be able to debug it probably not <laughs> yeah like because you'd have no memory of writing it right no, so, no. yeah no. 
yeah. it's bad. But some good uses that I've seen on Product Hunt. One is summarize.tech, which we chatted about um, the other day. But you basically put a YouTube uh, URL in, and it'll go through the transcripts, and then it'll summarize mm. the whole video with links to that point in the video. So if you've got a really long talk and you want to get this sort of salient points out of there and jump to the right bit, then you can, you can use that, which is really, really cool. That's really quite powerful, I think, um, particularly if you're kind of writing content um, surrounding a bunch of videos or, or things like that. It's really amazing, I think. Um, I think if Zoom integrated this yeah, and you had an hour-long meeting mm. and then just at the end it went, this <laughs> you'd be like fuck did i really need that meeting um, camera off did, yeah, <laughs> just, did i even need to attend um but that would be really good that's an idea in half it is um i've been toying with the idea of making a little um what are they called when you have a little toolbar thing at the top mm. like in, yeah it just records conversation They've opened I've already released a transcription thing which works with dialects and Scottish voices and stuff. That's interesting because Zoom has the the captioning API where you can pipe the the audio and video into a, a third party service. So um, feel yeah. like you need to make that first person to do that wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can have that idea for free. Um, but just give me cut me in, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Um, so what what other uses are there? Um, translation. So you can give it an English phrase, ask for it in Spanish, and mm -hmm. it will know somehow that that is correct. And it's very, very good at doing that. But somebody I saw a blog post the other day, and someone's doing it with source code. So they've got all their test suite written in uh, Cypress. Right. And they're porting it to Playwright. And they give it an example of Cypress, an example of Playwright. And then they give it an untrained Cypress, and it will kick out actual playwright code that works and runs that's amazing which is pretty <laughs> incredible because no one wants to port a test suite no people got better things to do we've all been there though we've all, <laughs> we've all been there and to manually move stuff over or yeah, tweak yeah. things imagine the power of cli tools where you could just have a conversion suite built in for you know oh hey you're, you're going from laravel to rails yeah yeah <laughs> Sim well, that, simply insert or rails to laravel in my, you know, my case <laughs> I, i'm biased <laughs> um but yeah the power of that's pretty pretty mad actually isn't it yeah it's pretty cool uh, someone made a google sheets plugin the other week um so you just do equals gpt3 in brackets and then give it a prompt and a cell right and then it'll make another cell so um, one of the examples they had was a list of people's names, the gifts that they got them for the wedding, right? And then it'd generate a thank you note in, in the new you in notes. the new column. Yeah, <laughs> I thought your wedding ones were. A bit <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sent mine out yet. Uh, I'm waiting on the photographer for about a million years. Well, I'll be keeping an eye on the uh, on the text, and I'll be comparing oh, it. <laughs> I, I think it's just bridge too far. Is that? <laughs> I quite like it though, you know, if you've got, imagine though for, for kind of business use cases, if you've got some sort of like launch event or things like that. Yeah. It'd be amazing. This is the problem. It's salespeople are going to use this, aren't they? Oh no. Yeah. And marketers. I was just moaning about. Um, and recruiters. Sales, yeah. I was, I was just moaning <laughs> about salespeople and recruiters today, actually. Can you imagine it? If that horrible recruiter that you don't like is is also using ai oh my god i mean they'd, they'd probably get a response from me but probably not what they want yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I thought it was shite that they're putting memes in emails but now if they start writing them with ai that's going to really do yeah. my head in. <laughs> yeah and if they get the ai to listen to this podcast and then 
pepper us without. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. AI targeted advertising. That's going to happen, isn't it? Mm, there was a really good talk at um, FF Comp that I went to recently, which you just listened to an episode that we recorded on this. But um, yeah, where um, capitalism <laughs> came up, um, Hayden Pickering did a talk on capitalism, and he talks about the the next horrendous area, which is just going to be the most unimaginably awful thing is it, it adds um, yeah it already is but ad tech's going to get even worse in but, this space but what if it knew everything and which where well, they already do know everything but then they tailored it just to you and contextualize that data oh god it'd be awful wouldn't it awful but it would work and i would buy more things <laughs> which is the problem yeah um i hate it um yeah conversational applications it works for so you give it an example of a conversation mm. and then you you can add something that someone said and then it'll come up with a reply yeah um the classification use case is what we're using it for in an app that's launching soon um but basically instead of getting the user to choose the category that's mm. that that conversation is in like mm. tech news um food all that kind of stuff the user's never going to go and select the right one because they'll just get bored and pick yeah. the first thing so we just send it the url the title and then it will actually categorize it. We just give it a list of the categories that we want it to fall into. Nice. And it'll choose one. Categorization and classification is a really good use case. It's very good at figuring out sentiment. Mm. A lot of the early sentiment analysis tools would get thrown off with colloquialisms. Yeah. And yeah, just the English language is very complex. It just, the similar phrase can mean opposite things. Mm. So it's be much better at picking up on that. Yeah. Um, I'd definitely try out making sure that you've you've trained you've you've got the prompt in the right way, and you you should play around with the temperature. So the temperature is how deterministic it is. So if you want consistent results, you want to turn the temperature right down, uh, which means it'll be less creative, but it's right. better at consistent categorization and um, sentiment analysis. If you're using it for like, um, yeah data that you want to like create charts and graphs out of then mm. do that but if you want it to be more creative then turn the temperature up that's quite interesting isn't it because you could control the kind of I, I guess if you're wanting something that is um i guess it's okay the, the case of giving an artist a, a few a fewer tools isn't it really and just letting it kind of run less wild with things if you know roughly what you're trying to get out of it yeah that's it i guess essentially if you know roughly the output and the, the, how you want it to be output you can control how crazy it goes yeah basically um, and yeah for, for writing content or coming up with ideas you want the temperature cranked right up classification probably a bit lower and they have a bunch of examples in the playground so you don't need to be technical at all to actually right. play around with all this you, you get a text editor you get some sliders on the right you press go nice it's it's really sort of pick it up and play really um, do they, do, in the playground do they give different kind of use cases in terms of um, if you're using it for this sort of context versus you know coding or, or you know you're, you're trying to write a blog post because you're lazy um, yeah they give you a bunch of examples actually yeah. um, so you can you can start off with a pre-written prompt mm. and then just fill it in nice. and it'll it'll complete that but yeah there's some really good content in there already and examples um, if you if you're using it in an app, though, you want to make sure that it doesn't say anything that you don't want it to say. Mm. And for that, they have some content filtering add-ons as well. Right. So you can make sure that it doesn't say certain things. They've already pre-filtered it, so it won't talk about sensitive topics like 
is it a comment on the internet like Nazis and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So it'll already self-moderate around that. <laughs> the problem is putting the whole internet in means that it's got the whole internet in it. <laughs> yeah, which um, is a horrendous place, yeah. as we know. Well, as I guess you know from the, stuff, the work that you're doing at the moment around mm. sort of, yeah, figuring out where contents come, come from and that kind of thing. It is quite interesting because, you know, as well as being very good actors out there, there's obviously very bad actors as well. And it's how do you... How do you train an AR model on ethics? Uh, and that's a really interesting subject, really. And the content filtering side of things kind of leans into the general ethical angle of how do you ensure that this tool is acting ethically when you maybe want to use it in situations where you can't always monitor the input and output. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the challenges, I think, with, with the future of a lot of this stuff is, you know, some of it's used in sensitive environments, maybe by the government or, or, or areas that you wouldn't be able to easily monitor its use. Yeah. So how do you ensure it acts ethically yeah well it's a big thing that OpenAI do is when you want to bring it into production use they give you a questionnaire right you have to you have to do a little short video of the ai in use in your app right and then you have to answer a load of questions around it does it does it touch anything political has it got anything to do with social media posts mm. um yeah if you have like open-ended output they really want to know that that's not just going out and filtered um and that's great because if they see it misused they can just cut off access like anything else right so. yeah um although if you're going to misuse it you just probably wouldn't say you're going to productionize it and just use the playground true but they might notice if you put a load of stuff through but i can de definitely see because there's competing models it's not just gpt3 mm. I can definitely see people using this for bad and yeah. tweeting stuff automatically and giving fake political support and things like that yeah it'd be interesting because you know on on twitter for example there's a lot of a uh, lot of spam really big big spam issue but you see a lot of the content uh, regurgitated in interesting ways and i wonder if i wonder how much of that's already inspired or, or written by ai style software because a lot of it's just given some some key subjects to focus on and it just authors a message to a bunch of people i'm sure you've had these sorts of spam on twitter as well but I wonder how much of that is actually generated by humans versus... Yeah, it might be quite hard to tell because mm. with written words, it's... Yeah, the, there isn't loads of variance like there is with images. With images, you can detect if they've been generated by AI. Mm. Um, I think that's possible. Um, but yeah, with written word, it's much more difficult, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the content filtering and application processes pr seems pretty solid. Mm. So, yeah it's just something to bear in mind before you go live um, and obviously keeping an eye on the actual costs itself which yeah it's charged like per thousand tokens so it's about six cents per thousand tokens right um, and you know just like um, other cloud services can you can you specify kind of thresholds of spend and, and things like that or is it kind of just good luck good luck yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's good luck I always um, I say always I've just been stung recently but <laughs> Now I tend to make a virtual card in Jeeves yeah. with a new service and set up a limit, and then at least I'll get cut off. Yeah, and then before a real a real bad happens. Yeah, I just got stung by an eight grand bill for something I spun up the other week. Yeah, it um, can happen. Which <laughs> happens to the best of us. It does. Uh, and sad to say, in AWS, that they, they haven't made it very easy to stop shooting yourself in the foot either. Yeah, I think um, solving that sort of throttling at the application layer needs to be simpler yeah, um, because especially when you're 
using a cloud agnostic approach or you're using multiple services, trying to monitor the cost of requests and payloads is, is really hard. Yeah, definitely. We were using some kind of Google geocoding API, I think, mm. on Google Cloud, and something just kept calling it over and over and over mm. and over. And the first we'd heard of it was the bill. There's like nothing, no other <laughs> indication. And it was a lot. And, and that's the worst thing. You have to be like, right, what's calling this? How's it happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to just invalidate the key. So you, <laughs> it kills it. Yeah. But the annoying thing was it's the same query each time. And mm. Surely we shouldn't get rid of that. But, you know. I can see that's still keeping you up at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it is. Cool. Well, I mean, it's, it's incredibly exciting technology. So if, if you're going to try and use um, GPT-3, how, how would you use it? Where do you go? So go to openai.com, sign up, and yeah, have a go in the playground. And then you can copy, you can literally copy as curl and, mm. and drop it into your terminal and then port it into your application from there. Amazing. Easy peasy. And, um, and what does the future of this look like? You mentioned that uh, a bit earlier on. So they're training GPT-4, which is an order of magnitude more amazing apparently so what gpt2 to 3 was it's like 100 times better <laughs> so people in silicon valley there's rumblings that this is going to be an absolute game changer in terms of actually seeming to understand your specific instructions and yeah even there's, there's hints towards it being um, multi-medium so could be audio and video and images wow. potentially but that's just rumors but yeah, it should land between December and February, GPT-4. So we're talking about the sort of the right time, but mm. quite excited to see what it brings because, um, well, terrified also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I've been reading a book called Life 3.0 and it kind of talks about potential future scenarios of what happens if AI gets as good as we think it might get. Mm. Like what if you have it starting to write Netflix shows and then... it, it re to start with, it'll just be the scripts, and then what if it's the actual video footage itself? And yeah, then, that could be. Mad. I mean, Charlie Brook is going to be pissed, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will be. Um, but that—that's mad. I mean, the the opportunities there. That it, I mean, self-driving cars becomes more interesting then because it's it's something that can just drive a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, self-driving cars is the future that never happened, isn't it? We keep being promised it, but then it keeps killing people. So I think now I realise why it hasn't happened is because Elon Musk is a shyster. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he doesn't know what he's on about. Yeah, I, I actually, until this entire debacle, I actually thought he had some some kind of nous for technology, but now I'm convinced that he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be really disappointed if his experiment works. Um, I, I can't. At this rate, I can't see how it is, you know, turning off microservices, turning off parts of the infrastructure and just hoping that everything's fine um, has never, ever been a good technique <laughs> um, for cost savings. Um, but also there's the there's the really horrendous human side of things as well. I was speaking yeah. with a few friends recently who, who work at Twitter and, you know, the, the, the very public way of firing people without any sort of justification. And it's just horrendous. It's And he's going to get stung by that because employment laws are not the same in the rest of the world. No. America might be more relaxed, but if you do that in Germany, they'll mm. get you. <laughs> well, the, the real scary thing is that he doesn't seem to care about the repercussions of, of the costs of, you know, settling these sorts of lawsuits and no. stuff. And yeah, it's, it's actually really sad because obviously that Twitter is, as well as being an absolute hellfire, <laughs> it's uh, it's also a really amazing space for communities like 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 the ones that we're in uh, to exist. And 
Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I hope he doesn't completely fuck it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I know. Well, yeah, if Elon doesn't get us, the AI will. <laughs> I'll leave you with that. <laughs> leave you that thought. Well, um, as you've said, we'll, we'll put the, um, in the, in the show notes links to GPT-3 and 4, um, or is in the article that's talking about GPT-4. Um, but yeah, thanks for that run through. Uh, apart from the harrowing end to that, <laughs> I think it's exciting times. Amazing. Thanks, Josh. Cheers. So that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening to me and Rio talk about GPT-3 and the future of AI. As always, hit subscribe for more episodes and join us next time. Mm-hmm.